Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I know that you're having a great Tuesday. I don't even have to tell you that I hope you're having a great Tuesday. I know you're having one because how about damn Cowboys last night beating the Philadelphia Eagles 41-21, to making a statement with a huge win. We will talk all about it on tonight's Primetime show. Of course, we will have your regular Cowboys catch-up because there are some important Cowboys news when it comes to players that are currently on the injured reserve. We will have our primetime performer section in which we will pick the player of the game. We will get into Dak Prescott's passing charts because I think that there is a lesson to be learned from them. And we will get into our main takeaways from the Cowboys win over the Philadelphia Eagles. And hey, we talked about it on Thursday night. We talked about this being a team that had a shot at maybe going 6-0 in the NFC East or 5-1 and uh, making a statement that they are the best team in the division by, by a lot. And hey, I think they kind of nailed that on Monday night. I think that they were very dominant and it was a huge statement from them. We will get into all of that on tonight's episode. What is up, Lunatic? Thank you for being here in the chat. Jack Minker as well. Over here we have AL. Ruglock reminding you, to hit the like button. As always, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Share it with your friends, and let's get more people involved here. And as always, make sure you, you use the chat as well so we can talk about the Cowboys because this is a fun experience for everyone. Now, let me, let, let me tell you, Trevon Diggs had a pick six. Anthony Brown had an interception. We were not that far away from actually giving away an Anthony Brown jersey here in the show. And I know that D-Town is going to be around here in the show as well in a few minutes maybe in the chat. D-Town is always one of the, of the top commenters of the show. We, we thought, we kind of thought that, um, we, we kind of thought that, that, that I was going to jinx D-Town after Sunday night, man. The 49ers... We're about to make an actual comeback on that game. So that was crazy. That was a crazy slate of NFL games, and we will get into that. We will have something similar, Natic. Don't worry. I always take a few minutes, a couple of minutes, before I start the show officially. Mike Crumb is in the building. Mike Crumb usually watches the show in replay mode. He is now live with us for tonight's episode so i kind of enjoy that as well stevie mac saying what is up room hit the like button and share the live stream please as always so now that more of us are here and now that you, you have actually uh read the actually sorry shared the show let's make sure we start the show officially so welcome to adc sports dallas primetime i'm Mauricio rodriguez streaming with you live every sunday through thursday night at 8 p.m central to talk about the Cowboys here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network. For a lot more content on the Cowboys, on the Mavericks, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas because there are some big articles out there, including one of mine. I usually plug in uh, articles from other writers on the site, but I wanted to share this with you because I, I, I hope you read it. I enjoyed a lot. My, I enjoyed myself a lot when writing it. On why the Dallas Cowboys are becoming must-watch TV. That might sound like an overreaction, but we'll also talk about it on tonight's show. So make sure you check out adcsports.com/dallas as well. Once we are done 
with tonight's show. So, again, for those of you who are just joining the show, how about them Cowboys? That was a big win from them. I, I, I really think that was a statement win for Dallas Cowboys. Think about week one. They went toe-to-toe versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Almost beat them. They had a lead with about one minute and change in, in, in the clock. Tom Brady ended up making the comeback. They went toe-to-toe versus the Chargers and actually won that game. It was an ugly win, but it was still a win versus a team that just on Sunday beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And in week three, they showed up versus a, I'm not sure if mediocre is a word for them, but let's call them a medium-tier kind of NFL team, and they flat-out dominated them. They did not struggle in basically any phase of the game. Sure, they had poor moments, They had some poor moments that we might uh, be able to get into them tonight as well on the show. But overall, the Cowboys were dominant on offense, on defense, and even on special teams. They had some big, big plays. Oh, D-Town is here in the show. Uh, Victory Tuesday. Thank you for the comment and the donation, D-Town. Almost jinxed myself with the premature celebration on that Green Game Sunday night. But they covered the three points at the end, says D-Town. Detail, let me tell you, man, I was nervous because we were so close. We were so close to to joining, to objecting to, to you, indeed. Nights are tough to get on live, says P, uh, City Piglet. You and Sky with your each time starts, LOL, says primetime fail. Yeah, you either get us late or you get us early. That, that is how we do things here on ADC Sports. But it's also designed, all kidding aside, for us to be on when most of you have a chance to listen to the shows. And as always, make sure, and this is important, make sure you you remember that you can always catch the replay, not only on video, but we are uploading these episodes in podcast fashion. So if you want to listen to, for example, Primetime on your way to work, you can listen to them on the ADC Dallas, the ADC Sports Dallas, Spotify channel or iTunes channel. And then you can listen maybe to Will on your way back because by then it will already be uploaded. So make sure you remember that as well. And, you know, we are around to to give you the best Cowboys content out there. Cowboys playing complimentary football. That's what we've been missing, says Jeremy. ADCsports.com slash Dallas. TV Mac with the site. Thank you for that. Man, I enjoy your comments most in any stream we are in. The Lunatic, says Jack Meeker. Lunatic always brings the fire in, in the chat. So, yeah, we almost we almost um, jinxed D-Town's parlay that got him $780, according to his, you know, to his comments. Aaron Goff says, hi, I am Aaron Goff, and I am a huge Tennessee Titans fan, says Aaron. I'm not sure if this is part of a bet. Someone is paying or is just Aaron sharing with us that he is a Titans fan. But anyways, welcome. And as always, remember that there's also ADC Sports Nashville, which you can always check out on the Cowboys. I did not miss, mess up and start streaming on the Nashville side, did I? No, I did not. All right. That was a, a little bit of his care there. Well, before we get into the actual game and the takeaways, let's do a little bit of a Cowboys catch-up section because there was some important news on the Cowboys today. So let's get to it. And Mike McCarthy talked about some players today, earlier today. He talked about some players on the injured reserve. Of course, since it's already week four, 
some NFL players, so, some Cowboys players are already eligible to return. But according to Mike McCarthy, they will not be activated this week. So Kelvin Joseph would be able to be activated if the Cowboys wanted him to or if they thought he is ready. Gallimore, the same thing. Sean McKeon, the same thing. But according to Mike McCarthy, this is not going to happen in week four as the Cowboys prepare to face the Carolina Panthers, which kind of sucks, which kind of sucks because we thought that week four was going to be a big week for Dallas Cowboys who were set to return. However, it looks like we will have to wait a little bit longer. Mike McCarthy said that these players are maybe a couple of weeks away from being back and he added that for Kelvin Joseph, it was definitely a few weeks. It will definitely take a few weeks for him to take back. So it sounds like even though the Cowboys did not give out any kind of specific timetable, it sounds like Kelvin Joseph might take a little bit longer. Now, remember that it is important for the Cowboys not to activate them earlier than, than they should because once you activate a player to practice, you need to activate him for game day, basically 21 days since the first day that they practice. So there's a little bit of a, of a window there to activate a player after three weeks. And if you don't, then you lose him basically for, for the season. So the Cowboys are not going to be activating any of these players. And honestly, they're in a position to be calm about it because you basically have already passed the most the toughest part of the schedule, which was the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Chargers, and the Eagles. I'm not saying the Panthers are an, are an easy rival. I'm definitely not saying that the Patriots are either. However, you've got the Panthers, the Giants, and the Patriots before the bye week. There, and you are two and one. And you might go, I mean, if we're being optimistic, they might win the next three. I think that's tough to, to pull off in the NFL. But the Cowboys are showing us some very good stuff in the past couple of weeks. Heck, even, even since week one, they have been doing so. So maybe as, uh, as someone was saying in the chat, Lunatic was, no need to rush them back if they're not 100%. Our defensive depth is showing. And we will get into that as well. But yeah, I, I think that the player that we wanted to see the most back is definitely Neville Gallimore. Since he was a projected starter since the beginning of the season, but we have seen Ozo Diisuwa absolutely ball out. And he got one sack and a half versus the Eagles. And proudly we can say here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime that we actually had a, a show that was actually titled The One Matchup to Watch in Cowboys-Eagles. And it was Ozo versus Landon Dickerson. And it was in this matchup that Ozo basically thrived the entire game. But we also saw... We, we also saw some interesting looks from Dan Quinn's defense. There was this look that might have been taken out. And, and you remember that we talked about this here in the show after the Tampa Bay Bucks game. There was this crazy defensive look that the Bucks showed versus the Cowboys in which they had their defensive tackles lined out wide with the edge rushers lined up in the middle. And then in the Cowboys-Eagles games, in a Cowboys-Eagles game, we kind of saw the same thing from the Cowboys. We kind of saw also what lined up at defensive end. And then Randy Gregory, ready to go from the inside, lined up at the line of scrimmage. I think he was in a two-point stance, looking forward to watching the All-22 tomorrow morning. But there were some crazy looks from the Cowboys defense last night. And hey, 
it was the Dan Quinn game after all. They had a tremendous showing against the, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they did a good job of just forcing Hurts to play quarterback without chaos ensuing on, on the offensive line or, or Jalen Hurts getting outside of the pocket. They were a very smart football team last night. Basically shut out the Eagles because I know that they put 21 points on the board, but one of, well, one of those uh, touchdowns was from the Eagles' defense, as you already know. One of them came in what is truly garbage time, not like the arguments used against Dak Prescott last year. So really just a strong showing from the, from the Cowboys' defense. Gallimore isn't better than Osa. Real talk, says Jeffrey. And listen, maybe maybe I, I want to wait before reaching that kind of a take, but I see what Jeffrey is saying. Osa is playing some real good football in the last couple of weeks. Stevie Max says straight for a cornerback two plays, and actually the Cowboys are facing a team that did trade for a cornerback this week, and it is the Panthers who are going to get C.J. Henderson. And you take a look at the compensation, and I would have loved it if the Cowboys had actually pulled the trigger on such a move. But maybe the Cowboys do not like C.J. Henderson. Maybe a lot of NFL teams don't like him either. But I would also like getting a, a, another cornerback on the Cowboys. Because how about Trevon Diggs? We know that Trevon Diggs... He struggled a little bit maybe versus Keenan Allen, but it is Keenan Allen. Let's not overreact to that. So far in two out of his three games, he has basically just shut out his opponents. He had a bad play at the on the opening sequence of the game, Trevon Diggs, and then after that, he played great. He played A-plus caliber football. Got another pick. This time he returned it for a touchdown. He is the first Cowboys player since Everson Walls, and we're talking about Everson Walls here, people. Here's the first uh, player to get three picks in the first three opening games since Everson Walls on the Cowboys. That should tell you a little bit about where the Cowboys are at. And actually, the Cowboys, by the way, still lead the NFL in takeaways. In turnover differential, they are tied at first with the New Orleans Saints as well. So as long as these Cowboys, honestly, we thought that these Cowboys defense was going to struggle week in and week out. And in some areas, they likely will. But at this point, man, you almost expect them to be taking the ball away from the opposing teams. And actually, we had, I, I, I had this, um, the year here. I wanted to watch the, re, the, the year for, for Everson Waltz. And that happened in 1985, the last time that a Cowboys defender had three interceptions in three consecutive games. Well, had an interception in the first three games of the season. Lunatic says, Stevie or Mo, do you think, do you have the link to Mo's appearance on Telemundo? I, I should have it. Let me just, I, I will put it in the chat further um, as we get ready to close out the show in case Stevie Mac is not able to, to get it for you. We will try to get it because, yeah, I was on Telemundo, by the way, on Telemundo Dallas, and it was very fun to be out there after the Chargers game. And then I had another appearance on Telemundo McAllen before the Cowboys-Eagles game. So that was fun. And thank you, Lanatic, for being on the lookout for that. Anthony Brown played a good game, says D-Town. He's not going anywhere, and they're going to stop throwing at Vicks soon, possibly, says D-Town. Better game. Better game. Ah. Cash Williams says... He dislikes the button. You can't down talk size makes zero sense. 
make zero sense. That is actually kind of fun that he kind of wanted to say that it made zero, zero sense and then he misspelled it. That is fun. <laughs> you cannot deny that. that. That was actually kind of funny. Dallas Young says, Neil probably will not play against the Panthers, right, since he is not vaccinated. So his status is in question. Keanu Neal's status is in question. I really do not know. He has not been ruled out. He might miss the game, definitely. He might miss it. But he, he did test positive for the Cowboys. So it, it, I think it would be a stretch to expect him to actually play versus the versus the Carolina Panthers. And and listen, Leighton Vanderish and and Jalen Smith did not have a very bad game. They had some bad moments, maybe, but overall I think that the Cowboys defense kind of hit it really well. Of course, the offense that you're facing versus the Panthers, even without Christian McCaffrey, might be a more dynamic uh, might, might be a little bit more dynamic. The thing with the Eagles is that if you take those plays in which Jalen Hurts is able to scramble out of the pocket and look for the big throw, I mean, the big chaos, if you're able to avoid that, then the, the Eagles do not have plenty of ways to actually go at you and hurt you on offense. So I think that that really just takes away a lot of the Cowboys, a lot of the Eagles, you know, ways to actually hurt you. And Carolina might have a little bit more than that. They, they might have a little bit more than that. Now, my first question from me to you in the chat is who gets your primetime performer of the week honors? Who is your player of the week? Because honestly, and this is a good thing for the Cowboys, there are just a lot of options and it's very difficult to come down to one. You have maybe Dalton Schultz who went out there and got six receptions, you know, Two touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott also scored two touchdowns. You have Dak Prescott, who had a hell of a game. You have players on defense who also deserve some credit, from Oso Diusuwa to Trevon Diggs, even to Jaron Kears, or even Michael Parsons, again, even though he did not have, like, a multiple sacks or anything like that. Michael Parsons, again, was able to show up as he passed rusher for the Cowboys. Randy Gregory generated a lot of Pressure disrupted a lot of plays, even though he did not get a sack. Randy Gregory also had a strong comeback showing. So it's difficult to come down to one. And in my opinion, I, I kind of struggled with this one. But I will go with Dalton Schultz. Just because he led the team in receptions, in receiving yards, when Amari Cooper was injured and he did not get a lot of action, only he got three catches on the night. But Dalton Schultz came up big with six catches, 80 yards, two touchdowns as he continues to solidify himself solidify himself as the team's starter at tight end one, as, as the team's tight end one. But we have a lot of different answers, though, in, in the show. Jack is going with number four, with Dak Prescott, and I think that is very valid. Dak had a very good game. And stay tuned, because we will get into the Cowboys' passing charts, because I think that they are very interesting to see. Ninja says, KC never had a good defense because the offense has been so careless with the ball. It, it is just more evident, says Ninja. Now, I don't know what the numbers are after week three. I will tell you that. But I know that after week two, they were 32nd in DVOA, according to defensive DVOA, when in 2019-2018, that I agree that the defense had ne has never been good there, they were about 18th or 19th. So... Kansas has had a, a slower start on defense 
than usual, even though they have never had a very good defense, as Ninja is saying there in the chat. I think that is right, but I do think that there is also an argument to be made that they are in a worse spot in 2020, in 2021. Dallas Junk says, Dix, no question. Obviously, the pick six and a lot of pass batted, batted downs. Sick or Schultz, sizzling at it. How about Ezekiel Elliott? He basically read all of the tweets, read all of the articles, listened to all, these, all of the shows and podcasts, maybe including ADC Sports Dallas primetime. He took it personal, like Michael Jordan would have, and he showed up big for the Cowboys last night. 95 rushing yards, 5.6 yards per carry. To Tony Pollard's 5.5, by the way. But this is not, and I hate that we kind of turn this always into a Ezekiel Elliott versus Tony Pollard thing, when maybe the smarter thing to do for Cowboys fans would be to figure out that the team has two very good running backs. And it might become the best duo of running backs in the entire NFL. And not only do you have that talent, but you have an offensive coordinator who has been smart enough to actually exploit that and take the best out of both, both worlds. Kellen Moore is putting Ezekiel Elliott in situations in which Sick can shine, and the same goes for Tony Pollard. And Pollard has done a little bit of everything. Last week, he was also a strong receiving option for the Cowboys. The Cowboys were not only replacing Michael Gallup with Cedric Wilson or another wide receiver, they were actually using Tony Pollard to be a replacement some way, somehow, in the passing game as another potential target. That was not the case, though, last night. Tony Pollard was not a was not targeted a lot of times in the passing game, but he, he did get a lot of carries, and he averaged 5.5 yards per carry. So forget about the Pollard versus Ezekiel Elliott debate. It is just great that the Cowboys have two feature backs and that they have an offensive coordinator that has been able to balance things out and actually, you know, get the best of both worlds. Sick or Schultz, Atlantic, uh, Jesse Falls goes with the entire defense. Mike Crum says, and I missed the comment, I'm sorry. Uh, Dicks on defense, Sick on offense. Sorry, Schultz, and sorry, Osa. Have to go with Dicks, says D-Town, but can we give Queen some love? Our defense is an asset now. Let's get some Queen, let's get Queen some love, as, as he said in the chat, and let's mention this. Listen. The Cowboys might get, might have two candidates for coordinator of the year. One in Dan Quinn, who has been able to come into Dallas with a lot of junk players and install defense right away and get them to get to take the ball away. He has been able to do that after three weeks. And the Cowboys are not facing trash teams. I mean, maybe Philadelphia is not a top tier team, but they have faced Tom Brady and they have faced Justin Herbert's Chargers. So, this team is actually facing good teams, at least in the first couple of weeks. And Dan Quinn's defense is kind of showing up. So shout out to Dan Quinn and shout out to Kellen Moore for his job. There, I, I don't know how to explain to you the fact that my heart was so full when Connor McGovern walked out there as a fullback. Speaking of the coordinators, this team has been able to find a way to maximize the talents that they have. And we talked about it last week with Michael Parsons moving from linebacker to defense event as if he was a high school football athlete. And then the Cowboys kind of did it again on offense when Mike McCarthy talked about getting their best offensive lineman on the field 
and Kellen Moore was like, all right, let's get McGovern on the field. And they put him at fullback, and then he performed and executed well as a fullback for, for the Cowboys. And they had successful plays when number 66 was blocking and leading the way for Ezekiel Elliott. That was just crazy to watch, and it really goes a long way to tell you what this Cowboys coaching staff is all about and wh why they are becoming, little by little, on must-watch TV. Because I do believe that Kellen Moore is just barely scratching the surface of, of his playbook. I think that as the season goes on, we will start seeing more and more concepts in this Cowboys playbook on offense, and it will be just a fun ride for everyone. Tommy says, uh, speaking of the coaching staff, but not of the coordinators, but the head coach, Mike McCarthy is going to cost us games with his stupidity. Shake my head. And that sequence at the end of the first half was kind of frustrating because you knew that the Cowboys maybe could have been able to get some more points before halftime, but the Cowboys just did not take the time out. Wally says, will we find out this week against the Panthers, are we the best defense, says Wally. If we're, I'm not sure if Wally refers to the entire, you know, to the entire maybe um, NFL. I don't think so because I don't think that the Cowboys have the best defense. Or are we talking about Cowboys versus Panthers, who has the better defense between the two teams? I'm not sure what, what Wally is, is asking there. I, if we're talking about the entire NFL, definitely not. The Cowboys don't, don't have the best defense, even though they are taking the ball away at the pace that they are doing so. Usually in the NFL, it is usually it is very hard to keep it up, to keep that those takeaways up throughout the length of a season. It is very, very hard, and statistically, it just does not happen in today's NFL. Hopefully, the Cowboys are able to break that trend and continue to take the ball away. What I'm intrigued the most about is if they don't, how is this defense going to look? Because we have seen some teams move the chains constantly versus the Cowboys. And that is my one concern for, for the 2021 Cowboys defense. And Dexter Scott says, it's a thin thing. It's not a sick against Tony Pollard. Dak Prescott looking great. Defense is a beast. And as always, you know, when we talk about a player of the game, we know that it's a team thing. But it's also fun to talk about some Cowboys individual performances. But when it comes to the, to the running back thing, to running back debate, I agree with, with it. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, even though he's your $90 million running back, he's selfless enough to just accept his role within Kellen Moore's offense and be okay with Tony Pollard getting as much playing time as he is. Eagle safety, Kayvon Wallace, tried to tackle Zeke and he separated his shoulder. Never like to see injuries though, says Dallas Young. Definitely. And the Eagles left guard also got injured last night. It sucks to see all of that. Uh, hopefully the Eagles get their offensive line right uh, soon enough because that was one of their strengths, in my opinion, that they had somewhat of, of a good situation in the trenches. Even the ref asked McCarthy, do you want a timeout, says Lunatic. And McCarthy said, nah, I am good. I did not see that. I did not see that the, the ref had, uh, had approached McCarthy asking for the timeout. Not only Kellen Moore's playbook, but how comfortable Dak is with the plays is more important. You can see his confidence. 100% agree with what D-Town is saying. And TC915 is saying, oh, no, we had already read that one. 
I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what McCarthy was thinking at the end of the first half. I'm not, however, super low on, on McCarthy, though. Like, I am, I am high on this coaching staff overall. This is a coaching staff that is formed by a head coach that has won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. And not only that, but he has been constantly in the playoffs when he was in Green Bay. We have Dan Quinn, who has been in the Super Bowl as a head coach, even though it was kind of Kyle Shanahan's team, but has also been in the Super Bowl constantly as a defensive coordinator for the Seahawks or in the NFC Championship game or things like that. And then your other coordinator is this kid, Kellen Moore, who is tearing things up on offense in his third year as offensive coordinator after finishing 2019 his debut season as a coordinator, second in DVOA on offense. And then in 2020, while Dak Prescott was healthy, kind of the same thing for the Cowboys. So how can you not feel great, in my opinion, about a Cowboys coaching staff after three weeks of the 2021 NFL season? That is how I think uh, I take, how I look at things, excuse me. Uh, Jeffrey asking about Kelvin Joseph being activated off of IR. For those of you who are just joining us, just a quick update. McCarthy said that he's still a few weeks away from being activated. So we will have to wait on that front a little bit longer, which is why I think people were asking for a cornerback two, a trade for one. Richard Sherman, by the way, Richard Sherman was back in the news today as he is visiting with, who was it? Was it the Patriots? He was visiting with the Patriots by the looks of it. Now, I do have one question for you before we continue with our thoughts on the game. But my question is, what is one word to describe the ref's call on Dak's quarterback sneak? What is one word to describe the ref's call on this play? I have a feeling that I will not be able to read all of the answers. Oh, Tampa, excuse me. Yeah, I kind of, mis uh, yeah, definitely. It was the Tampa Bay Bucks. I had this weird thing in which I'm confusing constantly the Buccaneers and the Patriots because of Tom Brady. So thank you for the, thank you for the correction, chat. Stevie Mac, Jesse, and Ninja correcting me with the Richard Sherman report that he was visiting the Tampa Bay Bucks. So we have already, we already have some answers on the question. And, you know, some of them, as I predicted, I cannot read. <laughs> but TC says, BS, Brian Matthews blind. Jeffrey going with horrendous. Marcelo says, robbery. Dallas Young, idiotic. City Piglet, confounding. Did you see Dak Prescott giving us the gymster from the office after they called the play short of the goal line? And, and here is my frustration with it. It was... Clearly a touchdown when the play was going on. Some people are arguing that the play was already blown dead. And I don't think that makes any kind of sense. Because even if it was blown dead before he actually reaches out with his arms, that would have been a terrible whistle to blow at that moment. Because the play was not over at all. It was not close to being over. So it could not have been blown dead. That's the main point that frustrates me. Then number two, I mean, are, are we looking at the same picture than the refs? Are the refs not watching any kind of video on the replay? Because I thought that that was just crazy to not overturn. 
maybe you can make an argument that, well, you know what, the rule says that you need to have a shot that clearly shows the ball over the goal line before that goes down or before the, the, the ball is taken out of his hands. You don't have that clear, clear shot. So maybe there is 5% of sense in the refs not overruling it. However, the fact that it had to be overruled in the first place is a thing that clearly, to me, is the most frustrating thing about it all. Now, it did not turn out to be a huge deal for the Cowboys, but imagine if this was a close game, similar to the one versus the Bucks, similar to the one versus the Chargers, and it just sucks to be on that situation for the Cowboys. NFL scores are rigged more than ever with the allowed betting, says Marcelo. Now, I, I kind of see where the feeling is coming from. I think that the refs have been horrible for the past few years, so I, I really don't think that this is about the NFL being rigged. I just think that, you know, the refs are messing up constantly and the NFL has to do something about its officiating. Hopefully they do. Anyone else wonder what Zeke was doing in the huddle in the last minute or so of the game? Well, he was clearly twerking, <laughs> in my opinion. He was just celebrating and having fun. I love, and there's just this random love that I have for the Cowboys doing Landry shift, but I loved it even more since the backups were already in and then the starters were able to go back into that playing field to get the, the Landry shift going. And they actually pulled it off twice. You can clearly see where Dak was from the overhead view, says Brian. Uh, Ninja says, I forget which guy brought it up, either Hellman or Edelman, but the NFL needs to chip the, that ball. And I think that Hellman tweeted out that Kellen Moore said that they asked Kellen Moore about it post-game, or, or I think it, it was maybe today, and Kellen Moore responded like, I don't know, maybe put a chip on a football or something. Even the TV ref analyst said touchdown. What feet were the NFLs looking at? The, uh, that overhead view was pretty clear, in my opinion, says Ninja. I think that we can all agree on that. We, we can all agree on the fact that this was a touchdown for Dak Prescott. I love the Cowboys' aggressiveness, by the way. They went for it more than they had been going for it in, in the first couple of weeks of the season. So I like that. I like that the Cowboys were willing to do that. Even more so when you were absolutely being surgical with the football versus the Eagles defense. So I like that aggressiveness. And a lot of people were tweeting out, myself included. I was definitely not the only one person to tweet this when it was fourth and goal. Like, hey, you know, quarterback sneak season. Let's do it. And it worked like a charm. But according to the refs, he was not in. And that was just a crazy thing to watch. And then we almost had the Jordan Lewis pick six. And that would have been the ultimate ball-don't-lie situation for the Cowboys. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Ninja says, uh, didn't Peyton and Eli chip in on that on their stream? Pretty sure they thought it was a touchdown also. I missed the Peyton and Eli broadcast this time around. I actually watched the, the game in Spanish this time. and but I, But I did see a lot of fun things happen on Twitter for the Peyton and Elaine broadcast. How about Eli Manning flipping the double bird on live TV and then a few, minute, a few minutes later apologizing for it? And I saw a lot of tweets out there that kind of said, I don't know if, if his mom asked him to apologize or if it was ESPN, 
but that was just funny as hell. Uh, it was clear when he came up holding the ball and then the ball came out. Even Stevie Wonder could have seen it was a touchdown, says uh, D. Wayne Wright. Michael Magic says, game in Spanish. Oh, game in Spanish. Yeah, so I'm from Mexico, for those of you who are, uh, who are new here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. So this time around, I was only able to get the, the broadcast from Latin America. So yeah, they, they, they broadcast the games in Spanish, of course. I'm going to tell you something, though. The commentator sometimes can be a little bit biased more often than in U.S. broadcasts, especially against the Cowboys, kind of. So I do not like that a lot. But whenever I can, I watch the games in English, though, as much as I can. And a detail says, did he? Yes, Eli Manning did this. If you have not seen that, once uh, the game is over. So Eli is talking about going into Philly. Going into Philly and facing the Eagles fans and things like that. And he's talking about nine years old, flipping the double bird to him as, as the Giants quarterback. And then at first, he kind of just does this, right? Without sticking his middle fingers out. He kind of just raises his fist into the camera. But then like two seconds later, three seconds later, I don't know if he thought about it or if he just like went with it. He actually did the double bird. <laughs> and then Peyton and Chris Long are out there. They're like a little bit confused. I'm thinking like, okay, did, did Eli just mess up? And then later on on the broadcast, he actually apologized for, for doing so. And it was very funny because not, not only is Eli's apology in itself funny because he's, he's very serious and like he, he's actually regretting the fact that he did what he did, but Chris Long is laughing in the background. Like, Chris, Chris Long is laughing at the entire situation. And it's just some funny stuff, man. I retweeted it at Mao NFL, M-A-U-N-F-L. If, if, if you look for it there, you will surely find a clip. But, yeah, that, that was very funny. Explanation for the timeout, says Dom. Mike McCarthy didn't want to call that timeout because I think that they got to it fourth and manageable. And maybe he felt like taking a timeout would give them an opportunity to draw up a play and go for it, says Dom. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was, but I don't know. It was probably his dad that had him apologize, says Brian Matthews. Jose Melendez says, let's talk about Dak not wanting to be a part of the run game anymore. I don't blame him, and I'm cool with it because he doesn't need to. So I'm not sure where this is coming from, though. We saw Dak run the football and scramble and even willing to take a hit. So I'm not entirely sure where all of this is coming from. Or did he actually say said something that I missed post-game? Because if he didn't, and we're just talking about Dak not being involved in the run game as much, I mean, this guy is going out there and he's lowering the shoulder and everything. He's willing to take a hit. Michael Magic says, do you think Dak is that good, my man? I think he's a top seven quarterback in the NFL, and I think he's a top five quarterback actually right now. That is my opinion, and I, and I understand why that might be a little bit controversial, but I do feel that way, man. I, I think Dak is a top-five quarterback in the league right now. Oh, thank you, Michael, by the way, and thank you for, for your comment. And we are here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Yeah, I think it's also what Dom is saying, that he's referring to the place that Jose is referring to the place in which Dak slid. But he's, he's lead when it was smart to take the slide. In some other situations in which Dak Prescott had to 
keep going. He did, and he was willing to take the hits. So I'm not sure that that Dak Prescott does not want to be a part of of the Cowboys, you know, running game. I would not say that. So before I go, because I have I have left this until the end, and I wasn't going to do that. But let, speaking of Dak Prescott, let's take a look at his, at his passing charts. And I thought this was very different one from another. We have the passing charts from week one. We have the passing charts from week two and from week three. And obviously, you know, the week one is a little bit crazy because he did attempt 58 passes and he threw it all over the field and got in a lot of deep attempts, especially for touchdowns. He had a, a long touchdown versus the Bucks, for example, the one to Amari Cooper in the corner of the end zone. And then in week two, we saw a lot of short plays, maybe a little bit, you know, uh, weighted to the left side. And then versus the Eagles, we saw Dak Prescott attack the right side of the field a lot, but also up the middle, including that big, big completion up the middle. I like these passing charts, and I like watching them at the same time because it really speaks a lot to what Kellen Moore is doing. Kellen Moore, after the Week 2 game, went out there and he said, we are aggressively taking what the defense is giving us. That was Kellen Moore's quote after the Chargers game. They asked him about the offensive philosophy, and he said, aggressively take what they are giving us. And if you take a look at the Cowboys game plan for each of the three games that they have played so far, and, you know, the Dax passing charts are only one of the ways that you can envision this, the Cowboys are really doing that. The Cowboys are really watching the defense that they are going to play, and they are adjusting to attack their weaknesses. And this is a very different philosophy, maybe, from the time in which Jason Garrett was head coach of this team, in which the Cowboys seemed to be more inclined to play strength versus strength instead of adjusting to attack each team's weakness. I love that about the 2021 Cowboys. I love that about Kellen Moore. And that is one of the many reasons why I think Kellen Moore should be in consideration to be coordinator of the year, even after three weeks. And we all, of course, have to wait. It's only week three. We have only been playing three weeks this season. So things might be able to change. But so far, we have seen different opponents. And in each of them, we have kind of seen a different Dak Prescott. We will see what happens next week. Someone talked in the chat. I can't remember who it was. Someone mentioned the Panthers' defense events and that they were a concern. And definitely a very different situation from this week versus the Eagles in which you were not that concerned about holding off pressure from the edges because you, knew, you kind of knew that the Cowboys might have had the advantage there with Brandon Graham being ruled out for the Eagles. But that might be different versus the Panthers, especially with Burns. And Burns kind of was dealing with an injury, but I think that it was not that serious. So he should be ready to go next week. But let's be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, AJ did break that Jimmy Johnson story on here. It says D-Town. They did hold a Hall of Fame celebration for Drew Pearson, for, for Jimmy Johnson and stuff like that. Definitely a good comment from AJ. But if I'm not mistaken, they were not, they were not inducted into the Ring of Honor. I might just... I'm right. We're right on that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, thank you for the donation the as well, D-Town. D-Town is really just enjoying his $780 per late. <laughs> Congrats to D-Town, all kidding aside. 
Uh, Dak has been a top five quarterback. First time he's had a good coaching staff, says Jeremy, and a defense that can make plays. That's what all elite quarterbacks need. Uh, Steven Max says, I couldn't find that Telemundo clip. Let me see if I can find it while we just close, close out the show. It was a big win for the Cowboys. Listen, it was a huge win for the Cowboys. It's always very fun to talk about it here in the show, about it with you guys. But also, let's just keep in mind that the Cowboys still have a lot of football to be played. Right now, they're 2-1 and one in the division. Uh, they're 2-1 they're and one in the division. They are number one. And we talked on Sunday night about the Cowboys being the top team in the NFC East, maybe by, by a wide margin. That might be the case after beating the Eagles the way they did in Monday Night Football. Washington is definitely struggling, even on defense that was supposed to be their elite unit. The Giants are the, the, the worst team in the division, and in my opinion, it's not even close. They just lost to the Falcons, by the way, in week three. So the Cowboys are in a position in which there is simply no excuse to not be champions of the NFC East, and after what we saw versus the Eagles, after what we've seen versus the Chargers and the Bucks, this is a team that can beat just about anybody in the NFL. The Rams might be the top team now in the NFC after beating the Bucks. They might be. But you never know what can happen. I'm still looking for that clip that someone asked for in the chat. I think it was Lenatic who asked for the Telemundo clip. I'm looking for it right now before, before I leave you guys. And if you want to share something, of course, uh, some more thoughts in the chat, make sure you do so as I look for this. Uh, all kidding aside, though. All right, I found it. I found it. We're good. Let me share this with you in the chat. So for those of you who are just joining the show, I was on Telemundo Dallas after the Chargers game. And it was fun to talk about it. So, and it was fun to be on Dallas TV as well. Hopefully, we are there more often lately. Uh, Jeffrey says, Amen. It means a lot to me. Jeffrey commented, uh, Good show, bro. You can have a bright future. You're doing a great job. Thank you, Jeffrey. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate uh, all of you who join the show frequently. Joshua over at Facebook saying, Thank. I missed the show. I felt asleep. I understand that feeling completely because these have been some, some interesting weeks and a little bit of busy weeks. So we, we'll, we'll, we will. You will be able to walk, to catch the replay, Joshua. Don't worry. And remember, you can also listen to the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. I will upload it as soon as I can, and you will be able to uh, listen to it if you prefer. How do you think Golson played? He has the second highest pro football focus grade on the Cowboys defense, which was kind of weird to me. That was kind of impressive. He played well. He played very little, of course. Golson did not get a lot of playing time. But we did confirm what we suspected, that the Cowboys were going to be willing to play him at defensive tackle. Not going to lie to you. I want to watch the All-22 before giving you more thoughts on Chauncey Golston. But from the TV broadcast, I think he did a good job versus the Eagles. Of course, it was a favorite matchup as well, maybe versus Landon Dickerson and maybe uh, versus a weakened Eagles offensive line. I want to go back and watch the All-22, though, before I give you a more educated answer on how Chauncey Golson played. I will watch that tomorrow morning, so we will be on it tomorrow night as well. We will talk about Golson tomorrow night. Thank you for the question, Dallas, as always. So, 
Thank you all for being here, as always, on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you share it with your friends. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and hope you join me tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Time here on ADC Sports. But also, go check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Read my article on the Dallas Cowboys becoming must-watch TV. I strongly feel that. There was also a good article on the Cowboys offense overcoming some key absences. There was an article on Trevon Diggs and how he has become the cornerback one of the Dallas Cowboys and a really a shutdown cornerback so far for Dallas. And also, shout out Jaron Kears before we leave. Jaron Kears, the surprise of the year maybe for the Cowboys, honestly. He was signed as a special teamer. Donovan Wilson got injured and all of a sudden, He's playing as a starting strong safety for the Cowboys and doing a great job at it. So shout out Jaron Kears. Surely we'll get a chance to talk more about it tomorrow night. Have a great Tuesday and a great Wednesday. And I will see you at 8 p.m. Thank you.